lost them. Then we found them again, but we smashed them. Just cut the chase, kid. Wait, what am I hearing? It sounds like... Yeah, about that. See, um, well, we stole a TIE fighter. You what? He's taking it better than I thought. Get rid of it. Do we have to? On Monday, April 15th, the last day of the exciting convention known as Star Wars Celebration Chicago, I flew home and arrived back in New Jersey just before 6 p.m. I brought all of my suitcases into the house, took off my jacket and shoes, and sat in the quiet of my kitchen, completely exhausted. I made myself a bowl of homemade chicken soup, and while I ate, I absentmindedly opened Facebook to see if others had left Chicago and if they had reached their respective homes yet. I had a wonderful, memorable time, but in a way, I was happy it was over. I had traveled out to Ohio for the Columbus Toy Show only three weeks earlier, and in addition to using every minute of free time to prepare for celebration for at least the past two months, I had a packed schedule both at work and in my personal life. So as I sat there in my kitchen, staring into that bowl of hot chicken soup, I decided I would take a little break from everything. From the trips, the toy shows, the meetups, from collecting and hunting for prototypes, from anything I could think of that equated to work and projects, and maybe even from Star Wars. I needed time to slow life down a bit and to rest, and hopefully in this new downtime I would sleep more, read some of the books that I had queued on a bookshelf in my room, catch up with some local friends and maybe on some television shows, and really just relax instead of working until midnight on celebration and other Star Wars-related things. And as I smiled to myself at the thought and breathed a sigh of utter relief, the first calm breath in a long while, I took in another spoonful of soup. I glanced again at my phone and slowly put my spoon down as my mouth dropped open. On the glowing screen were five words, Celebration 2020 announced, Anaheim, California. I stared at the screen and for the next few seconds didn't blink. I slowly swallowed the rest of the mouthful of soup. Then I did what only felt right. I shrugged, grabbed my phone, and started checking out hotels near the Anaheim Convention Center and Arena. And just like that, I was back. Look, for Star Wars fans and collectors, this is the stuff we live for. And while breaks away from the things in which we immerse ourselves are great cleansers every now and again, I realized in that moment I didn't need a break. I just needed a few good nights of sleep. And as for rest, I'm still trying to catch up from Chicago. But there's no time for sleep now. I have a lot to do if I'm going to Celebration in 2020. What can be better than the greatest Star Wars fan gathering and a trip to the new Galaxy's Edge-themed world at Disneyland with all of our friends? Celebration Anaheim, here we come. This is life for a Star Wars collector. This is Celebration, after all. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. Yes, master. Well, we're gonna have company! You have to stand and fight. The more you tighten your grip, the more 
four star systems will slip through your fingers. I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. The Force will be with you. Always. It's only been a little while since Celebration Chicago, and I miss being there. There are very few places in this world that are wholly devoted to the movies, the characters, and the collectibles of the Star Wars franchise. In case you're not familiar with Star Wars Celebration, it is a multi-day convention centered around all things Star Wars and the galaxy far, far away, and generally takes place every year or two. Lucasfilm created the fan event in order to celebrate the release of Episode One: The Phantom Menace, when it premiered in 1999 along with the rest of the prequel films released in the early 2000s. Celebration also honored the 30th anniversary of the films from the original trilogy, and the most recent editions of the convention offered sneak peeks at the final chapters in the Skywalker saga, with trailers for episodes 7, 8, and 9. And this year's Celebration Chicago was certainly special. In addition to a panel with the cast of Episode 9 on the first day of the convention, we were also treated to a first look at the new trailer, which hinted at the return of the Emperor, as well as the reveal of the movie's title, The Rise of Skywalker. On Saturday, audiences were given insight into the progress of Galaxy's Edge, the new Star Wars-themed land at the Disney parks. Sunday's preview of the new live-action series The Mandalorian might have been the most exciting revelation at Celebration this year. And on Monday, fans were treated to a 20th anniversary panel highlighting The Phantom Menace, complete with a guest appearance by Jar Jar Binks himself, Ahmed Best. The opportunity to be at these types of panels year after year, coupled with the ability to meet the actors, filmmakers, and designers of the Star Wars universe, makes each celebration unique unto itself but unmatched in the access it gives you into the Star Wars fan culture. And while planning for the convention takes some dedication, as well as time and money, experiencing something of this magnitude, especially with friends and with Star Wars fans, makes it intensely rewarding. In addition to the wonderful memories I take with me from each celebration I attend, I also come away with important life lessons on how to prepare for the next one. Here are 10 lessons I learned from Celebration Chicago that may help you as you plan for Celebration Anaheim, with some special moments from the animated series Star Wars Rebels. Number one, figure out everything you plan on doing while you're at Celebration, and eliminate most of it. Going into Celebration Chicago, I had some pretty high expectations, and some pretty ambitious goals for it. I had signed up for photo ops with voice actors from the Clone Wars series. I also wanted to attend some of the bigger panels throughout the week, like the Episode 9 preview, as well as a number of the smaller ones, like the Rebels Remembered panel and the Hasbro figures reveal but I didn't want to miss out on the collector track panels that focused on the vintage collecting aspects of the hobby that I loved so dearly. Plus, many of my friends were going to be speaking at them. And then I wanted to record some interviews and conversations with some collectors, as well as walk around for a bit and catch up with the others. And of course, I wanted to stop by the live taping of the Star Wars show to see the array of guests and talent that would stop by. 
and it wouldn't be celebration without meals with friends. And I wanted to thoroughly shop the floor in search of any modern prototypes and vintage pieces I most likely wouldn't see anywhere else. And that was just a tenth of what I was hoping to do. In reality, I did a little of everything, but always with an eye on what was next. I tried to do a few things at once to maximize my time there, but it failed rather spectacularly. When you're hovering around a group of moments, you're never really in the moment that matters. This is not to say my experience was a bad one. It was actually an incredible one. But it made me realize what was truly important to me, and I had to rebalance my priorities after the first day or two in Chicago. When people ask me how celebration was, I likened it to falling down the stairs and managing to stick the landing on each successive stair. Attending celebration is like wading into the ocean. You do what you can to keep moving in one direction, but the waves generally have the final say in where you wind up. So in preparation for Anaheim, I would recommend taking a look at all of the opportunities available to you for the duration of the convention, and selecting the things you really want to do, and the things you'd like to do if you have time. And then, before you even get to the Anaheim Convention Center, cross off at least a third of the activities from your list. Eliminate the ones you're only somewhat interested in, and frame your celebration experience around the handful of can't-miss moments. While Thursday and Friday of this year's trip were mostly a blur for me, I woke up Saturday morning with a different attitude and streamlined my itinerary. And it was a much more rewarding experience this way. I had signed up in advance for a photo op with the Clone Wars trio of Anakin, Ahsoka, and Obi-Wan, and then I knew I wanted to witness the Rebels animated series panel in person. And that defined my Saturday. I knew where I had to be for each event, and was able to use the rest of the time that day to shop, to go to lunch with friends, and to hang out with those I wouldn't normally have the chance to see otherwise. And Sunday, I had a photo op with D. Bradley Baker, the voice of the Clone Wars Captain Rex, in the morning. And the focus of the afternoon was the most important panel to me for the entire convention, a sneak peek at the upcoming revival of the Clone Wars series. If you couldn't tell, I love the Clone Wars. And for that Sunday, the Clone Wars panel defined the whole day for me. It was my anchor, and the rest of the day seemed to fall into place around it. And some of my favorite memories came out of those unexpected moments that happened leading up to the panel and after it. Generally, when we prepare for something as momentous as celebration, we picture it in an ideal setting. One in which there are no crowds, no lines. Or not having to stop to use the restroom, or break for lunch, or exiting a panel only to queue in line for an hour or two for the next one. And if we overpack our convention schedules, as those real-world factors settle in, we begin to feel squeezed because we suddenly can't do everything we planned on doing. And a lot of the stuff at Celebration only happens at Celebration. Where else can you witness a conversation between Warwick Davis and Alan Tudyk, who played the droid K2SO in Rogue One? or see the entire cast of the latest trilogy on stage together to talk about their experiences of being part of the Star Wars film universe. And you know yourself better than anyone. You know how much excitement you can take, how much running around your body will tolerate, and how you want your version of the celebration experience to play out. So make sure you attend the essential can't-miss parts in advance, and let the rest happen naturally. (laughs) My friend, my friend, you might not be Calrissian, but...
but I know one thing you are. You are a Jedi. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me you were a Jedi? You know I am an old Jedi sympathizer? I know, I wouldn't believe me either, but one of my best friends was a Jedi. I'm pretty sure we were friends. Well, I'm not really a Jedi yet. Well, then be a pirate Jedi. We will make an excellent team. But first, tell me what is your name? Your real name? <clears throat> Ezra Bridger. Thank you, Ezra Bridger. Number two. Stay at the main hotel. I haven't attended a celebration in which I stayed at the main hotel yet, but I will certainly do so for Anaheim. My original thinking was, if I'm going to spend so little time in the actual hotel room, does it really matter where I stay? Can I realistically justify the cost? Well, the answer is a resounding yes. For the duration of celebration, your hotel room is home base. And for those who stayed at the Hyatt Regency in Chicago, the hotel that was physically connected to the McCormick Place Convention Center that hosted Celebration, the overall experience was probably a lot smoother and much more manageable. One of the best aspects of having a room at the main hotel is that you can return to it at any time. If you buy something that you don't feel like carrying around for the rest of the day, or if you get a limited edition poster after one of the main panels and want to make sure it's protected, you can bring it back to your room and put it away safely. Celebration is also the place where collectors will purchase rare and often expensive items, and if you can avoid having to walk around with those purchases, they're less likely to get damaged. Plus, if you forget something once you're at the venue, you don't have to use a car service to go back for it. Those trips to and from the venue can really add up if you're not resourceful. And in keeping with the theme of the hotel's home base, often the main hotel is where collectors, cosplayers, and celebration attendees hang out after the convention doors have closed for the day. Some of the best moments I had in Chicago happened at the hotel bar and restaurant. Conversation is easy there. People aren't focused on the things that occupy their minds earlier, like panels and purchases and photo ops and the casual atmosphere encourages friends to eat and drink together, and to spend uninterrupted time together. And if you're a newer collector, or if you're just starting to get to know people within the hobby, hanging out at the hotel is a great way to network and to develop friendships. During the trip, I never laughed harder or enjoyed myself more than being among friends at the main hotel every night. So for Anaheim, I will certainly have a room there. A word of advice... If you're attending Celebration Anaheim and want to stay at the main hotel, make sure you book your room as soon as the dates for the show are announced. After that, the prices for rooms will jump considerably. The Hyatt Regency at McCormick Place sold out within hours of the Celebration Chicago announcement, and those who were able to get a room at a later date paid a premium. So for the ease and convenience, and to be at the center of everything during the convention, consider staying at the main hotel. I'll see you there. Do or do not. There is no try. What does that even mean? How can I do something if I don't try to do it? Well, see... Actually, that one always confused me too, but Master Yoda sure used to say it a lot. Number three. If possible, opt to bring an extra suitcase. If you're flying to Anaheim, chances are your first instinct is to pack as efficiently as possible, bringing just enough to get you through the duration of the convention. 
But what we often forget is that celebration is where we get stuff, and usually a lot of it. In addition to purchasing prototypes and production pieces at the room sales and on the showroom floor, there are the Celebration Store exclusives, like the Blue Chrome Funko Pops or the Hasbro Black Series Episode 1 6-inch Darth Maul and Obi-Wan figures sold in Chicago this year. And if you attended some of the larger panels, like the one for the new series The Mandalorian or the Clone Wars Returns panel, you received a limited edition poster for each event that you'll probably want to display when you get home. If you made any type of swag to commemorate the convention, things like pins or buttons or patches, you had to lug them on the plane with you. But once you handed them out to friends and collectors at Celebration, it didn't mean you were going to have extra room in your suitcase for the trip home. Star Wars fans repay kindness with kindness, and the amount of swag given out at the convention, at the room sales, and at events like the Archive Party or Forcella was staggering. And there's always the chance that you'll be bringing home more souvenirs from this trip than you came with. I flew to Chicago on Southwest Airlines, and I'm certainly glad I did so. In addition to a pretty seamless, easy flight, Southwest offers passengers the ability to check two suitcases, up to 62 inches each, as part of your airfare ticket. And that does not count your carry-on, which can be the equivalent of a small rolling suitcase. And you can also bring a personal bag, like a backpack. And here's the thing. If you're bringing two suitcases, you don't even need to fill them. You could leave one or both of them empty. But an extra suitcase will come in handy for your trip home. Part of the fun of celebration is that we never know what we're going to find when we're there. But the key is to always be ready. Plus, many of the items we buy are either collectibles or are larger pieces that simply won't fit in a carry-on. And this is where we as Star Wars fans and collectors have to be smart. We not only have to plan for the trip out to Celebration, but we also have to prepare for the best way to bring everything back home when the convention ends. Ahsoka. My name is Ahsoka Tano. Why did you come here? Because of you and your apprentice. Many in this system and beyond have heard your message. You gave them hope in their darkest times. We didn't want that hope to die. So what happens now? I don't know. One chapter has closed for you, Ezra Bridger. This is a new day. A new beginning. Number four. Rest when you can, especially in the weeks leading up to the event. As I learned at Celebration Orlando, making it through the multi-day convention is like running a marathon. It takes a lot out of you both mentally and physically, and for collectors, it really is an endurance challenge. The days consist of early mornings, tons of walking and being on your feet for long stretches of time, and constantly hustling from one mini-event to the next. And once the convention ends for the evening, the parties and meetups continue through the late hours of the night. And leading up to it, many of us are wrapping up our tasks at work, planning out the details of their trip, making hotel and flight reservations, making swag, all in preparation for celebration. In the few months leading up to Chicago, I was busier than I've ever been before. I would come home from work every evening, and would then work until midnight on multiple projects. Some for work, some for the podcast, and some for celebration. And in between, I had to take time out to catch up on the normal aspects of life. And if things weren't hectic enough, I decided to do the Celebration Memories episode two weeks before Celebration Chicago began, with the hopes of getting people excited for what was to come. Needless to say, by the time I flew out to Chicago, I was exhausted. 
The first moment I can remember relaxing after being constantly on the go for weeks was when the plane took off and we were in the air. At that point, everything I had done to get to that point was finished, and I promptly proceeded to pass out for the entirety of the flight. And while I knew I was going into the trip tired, I took some steps to make sure I wasn't too tired to enjoy myself in Chicago. When Reed Pop, the company that put on Celebration, decided to eliminate the overnight queues for the larger, more popular panels, and instead use a lottery system to determine who would get in, my friends and I no longer had to arrive to the venue hours and hours in advance, sometimes the night before, and that equated to more sleep. Before I left for the trip, I already knew whether or not I had seats for each of the morning panels. So instead of getting three hours of sleep at a night like I did in Orlando, I was able to get six to eight hours each night, which was a blessing. But going into Celebration Anaheim, I think I can do a little better when it comes to rest and sleep. So my goal is to start planning a little earlier, now that we're all fresh off of our trip to Chicago. I'm going to spread all of my tasks and projects over the course of the next year and cram a lot less in the month or two leading up to Anaheim. That means getting a jump on swag and anything else that can take time. Eating well, sleeping longer, and exercising in the months leading up to it is a very good idea, because those three habits usually go right out the window during celebration. Realistically speaking, I'll probably still be packing for Anaheim the night before. But maybe not. I've learned enough from the Chicago trip to know that I need to be well-rested if I'm going to truly enjoy the trip and the long hours that come with it. All fixed! Finished! Finished with what, Sabine? Thought it was a moment that needed to be immortalized. And you did say you wanted to be my inspiration. Yeah, but that makes me look like a fool. Makes me look like a bigger fool. I paint what I see. This was all your fault. Come back, you metal menace! Number five. Volunteer at your local collector's club table. For many collectors, their local club's table can act as a home base at the convention. Collecting clubs are granted a space on the show floor at Celebration to promote their groups and to reach out to like-minded collectors who might be interested in joining. To entice attendees to visit these booths and find out more about what the local clubs offer, many clubs will create a patch set. At the tables, the patches are released hourly, in limited quantities, and many times only available to winners of a boardwalk-style game that the club runs. My experience at my first celebration was such a positive one, and as I grew to know many collectors over the past few years, their examples of kindness at my first celebration stuck in my mind, especially the kindness that they showed to me and to others who were new to the community. So as I prepared for Celebration Chicago, I wanted to volunteer for a few hours to represent my club, the Empire State Star Wars Collectors Club. However, when the time came to sign up to volunteer for specific time slots throughout the five days of the convention, I couldn't. I had signed up for and purchased a number of photo ops with cast members from the Clone Wars series, but I did not find out when each photo op would take place until the last minute. And by the time I received my photo op schedule, the volunteer list had been filled. I had missed out on being an official volunteer, and I felt horrible about it. 
I really wanted to give back and was hoping to be able to encourage someone who was new to the community like I was a few years ago to join the Empire State Club and to become part of something special. I probably won't be doing any photo ops in Anaheim, but even if I do, I will make sure to put time aside for at least one day to volunteer to be a representative at the Empire States Club table. When are you going to feel you've done enough for this rebellion? I guess when the Empire is overthrown and people are free to live their lives the way they want again. And when that time comes, how do you want to live your life? Huh. I don't know. I guess I never really thought about it. So I guess you really never thought about us. Kanan, we've talked about that before. Have we? You know how I feel. Do I? Hey, excuse me. We've got incoming. Number six, figure out your panel schedule in advance. Generally, the official schedule for each day's panels is released a few weeks before celebration, giving attendees ample time to customize their experiences at the convention. When preparing for Orlando in 2017, I created a spreadsheet so I could visualize each day's schedule across all stages and presentation rooms. The biggest benefit to this was gaining a clearer picture of what would be realistically feasible as far as time and distance were concerned. If a panel was occurring right after the one I had planned on attending, there was a chance it would be filled by the time I arrived. Or I would have to skip the first panel in order to join what could be an hours-long queue for the second, depending on the panel's popularity and size. And there were times in which two events overlapped, and I had to decide which one meant more to me. The spreadsheet helped me to navigate my first celebration, and I'm glad I put the time and effort into creating it. In planning for Chicago this year, my time was so limited that I cobbled together a basic idea of what I wanted to attend when I had the chance. But I didn't put the effort into it that I should have before I arrived at Chicago's Midway Airport. And while the official app for the convention presents a pretty thorough schedule, the cursory glances I gave it caused me to miss a number of activities I later regretted not attending. I was curious to see what toys and products Hasbro would reveal at Chicago. I even scheduled a reminder on the Celebration app, but became caught up in the hectic pace of the event and missed it. I didn't even realize I missed the Hasbro panel until a friend sent me photos of the prototypes and upcoming releases that were shown during it. I also missed most of the collector's track events. They were held on another floor of the convention center, and although I planned on attending a number of them, I did not have a good grasp on each day's schedule, and would often realize my mistake after the panel had reached capacity. And if you miss a panel, it's not the worst thing in the world. Sure, we'd all love to be in the room when a trailer for a new film premieres, or when someone we admire gives a presentation, but the majority of the panels are recorded and are available online after the convention ends. And in a way, not planning out a full itinerary for each day may have been a subconscious decision on my part to focus less on panels and to enjoy the more random moments of celebration a little more, especially with friends and collectors. And as I prepare for Anaheim this year, I'll use the lessons learned from the past two celebrations to find that perfect balance of building a daily schedule, yet keeping it loose enough to properly enjoy each hour spent at the convention. Yeah, so uh, how about teaching me some of those high-flying moves? You fly my ship? <laughs> I don't know, Ezra. You really think you're ready? 
Not ready. Not ready! Number 7. Make sure to plan the nighttime events. For collectors, a day at celebration doesn't end when the doors close for the evening. In fact, the nighttime often feels like an entirely new day, with a number of can't-miss events taking place in and around the convention center. The Archive Party, a fundraiser event hosted by the Star Wars Collectors Archive podcast hosts Sky Payne and Stephen Danley, consistently turns out to be one of the best meetups, and generally occurs on the first night of the convention. The tickets are a little pricey, but include exclusive items created specifically for the Archive Party, and all of the money raised from the event goes toward helping animals through local shelters and causes. This year, demand was so high for tickets that the entire event sold out within 24 hours of going on sale. But it was certainly worth attending. In addition to catching up with both established and newer collectors in the hobby, you'll have the chance to witness moments planned by Sky and Steve that make each one special and memorable. After this year's silent auction and costume contest, about a dozen brave souls competed in a cereal-eating contest, aimed to be the first one to devour a bowl of 35-year-old cereal. C-3PO's cereal, of course. Only at the archive party, and only at celebration. The Friday night of celebration is generally when the Imperial Commissary holds a meetup, where attendees can buy, sell, and trade Star Wars collectibles. The gathering usually begins a few hours before the main event of the evening, the Legendary Room Sales, which is a larger meetup in which collectors tend to bring some high-end and rare pieces to sell or trade. Both are held at the main hotel or at the convention itself, and it's definitely worth it to stop in to each while you're at the celebration. In fact, here's a tip. The IC Meetup, run by Michael Havens, has grown in popularity, and many of the room sales sellers bring their pieces to the IC Meetup first. So if you're looking to pick up something desirable and rare before the late-night crowd has a chance at it, check out the IC Meetup. It's free to attend, and each event has been a lot of fun. The night after the room sales is special because the collector's track is granted an extra two hours at the convention center to run a swap meet of its own. The swap meet is essentially a continuation of the room sales, and a lot of times you'll see sellers and items that weren't at the room sales the night before. I've been fortunate to pick up some key figures and prototypes at the last two swap meets, and it's also fun to hang out at the convention center after it closes to the general public. Of course, these are just a few of the events that are held after the sun sets. And with Celebration taking place in Anaheim in 2020, I'm sure Disneyland will host a Star Wars-themed gathering at its new Galaxy's Edge land, and I cannot wait to see what other parties and meetups are announced in the next year. And as I stated earlier, the main hotel is always home base, so after the scheduled nighttime activities end, make sure you head back to the hotel to meet up with friends and collectors to continue the party. There's never been any evidence of a larger-scale, galaxy-wide operation. And I would like to keep it that way, Admiral Constantine. Grand Admiral Thrall. Grand Admiral? The Emperor recently promoted me after my victory at Baton. Taken separately, they may seem unrelated, but Onaka's cellmate was a laborer at our Starfighter reclamation plant in the Yama system, one jump point away from the Zerida attack. Grand Admiral Thrawn believes the rebels intend to raid the plant and steal fighters for their fleet. Every ship they add to their arsenal increases a threat to our own Amada and the Emperor's plans. I trust you have a solution. I will start my operations here. 
and pull the rebels apart piece by piece. They'll be the architects of their own destruction. Number eight. Before attending the room sales, decide what's more important, buying or selling. And maybe shop first either way. At my first room sales in Orlando, I brought a mix of carded and loose figures to sell. But I was really excited to see what other collectors would bring, and was hoping to pick up something special that night. As we entered the area in which the sales were taking place, my friend realized he had left his phone in the car, and I stood next to and watched both of our containers of Star Wars items while he ran out to retrieve it. Since I couldn't leave our stuff, I decided to set up at the entrance of the room sales and begin selling. And while the night turned out to be a success for sales, with a steady stream of people who were interested in what I brought, I never really had the chance to shop like I had hoped. By the time I had packed up my remaining items in order to walk around the floor, I only had about a half hour to actually shop. And by starting so late, I had missed a number of items I would have picked up, like some carded figures for my different runs and some modern first shot prototypes. In fact, I had fortunately managed to pick up two Plo Koon first shots when security came through the area and shut the room sales down. So coming into Celebration Chicago, I vowed to do things differently. I was determined to bring a smaller set of items to make carrying them around easier on myself, and I was going to shop first, make any key purchases, and then set up to sell. Well, that was the plan, until the last minute. There was a lot of anticipation leading up to the room sales, and many collectors began setting up earlier than the planned meeting time. And with the volume of people coming through, and with such limited table space available, I decided to secure a larger section of a table to make sure I had enough room for all the pieces I brought. I had some pretty rare and expensive loose graded figures, like a vinyl-caped Jawa graded at a 90, and I didn't feel comfortable laying them out on the floor where people could accidentally step on them. So I did exactly what I promised myself I wouldn't do. And I missed out picking up items I wish I could have added to my collection, like a hand-painted sample of R7A7, Ahsoka's droid from the Clone Wars. And honestly, I don't know what I truly missed purchasing, because a lot of good pieces sell quickly. And for many purchases, it's all about being at the right place at the right time. And you can't do that from behind a table. So next year, at the Anaheim Room Sales on that Friday night, I'll be shopping first. In fact, I'm not even sure if I'm bringing anything to trade or sell this time, and that's fine. But if you'll be joining me for the room sales, consider what will be more important for you. Why are you attending the room sales? Do you need to set up to sell off some pieces to pay for purchases that will occur in Anaheim? Or will selling a few pieces help pay for a trip like Celebration? Or do you need to make sure you sell the items you came with because you're not going to be able to take them home with you? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, then find a good spot, spread your collectibles out in front of you, and enjoy a night of fun conversations with passers-by and potential purchasers. If you're here to shop and maybe stumble upon something you wouldn't see or be able to pick up anywhere else, then go full force into the crowd and enjoy the hunt. But whatever you decide to do, make sure you do it in the company of friends. And if you're new to the hobby or to the room sales, just strike up a conversation with random collectors. You might just pick up a few rare pieces and some new friends before the night is over. Word is, it's been tough going. I brought you something, since you're partially in this mess on my recommendation. I'm sorry, partially? How about completely? To make up for that, you can have these. Whoa. Mandalorian van braces? Where did you get these? Try them on. 
Grappling line, paralyzing darts, repulsor, all designed to combat the abilities of the Jedi. Go take Bridget down a peg or two. Number nine, your best purchases may happen before celebration. Let's face it, in the weeks leading up to Chicago, picking up items for your collection before celebration was the last thing on your mind. After all, you had saved up and had hopefully filled your wallet in preparation for whatever incredible items were waiting for you on the showroom floor and at the room sales. That's where all the good stuff shows up, right? And you certainly wouldn't want to miss out on the good stuff. Here's the thing. Most other collectors share that same mentality. And leading up to the show, many raise funds to not only pay for the rare and amazing items they hope to buy, but to pay for the trip itself, which is getting to be more and more expensive by the year, especially for those who are traveling a great distance to attend. And the way they raise thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars, is to part with and sell off some really rare and desirable pieces. A few weeks before, you'll find pieces you may have never seen before and may never see again for sale on eBay and in the collector's groups across social media, and a lot of them are coming from known and reputable collectors. Many collectors set up deals in advance to purchase high-end pre-production and production items from other collectors at Celebration, and will be scrambling to sell off items of their own to have the money they need by the time they get to the convention. And the way to be successful in building your collection is to zig when others zag. I was really hoping to find some Clone Wars prototypes at Celebration, but I knew that once I arrived in Chicago, the prices for the items could be higher, and I'd be facing stiffer competition. So a week or two before Celebration, I put up a post on a Facebook collecting group asking if anyone had any Clone Wars prototypes for sale. Over the next few days, a number of collectors reached out to me. Some were selling prototypes to build up their war chests. Others were selling in order to pay for items in which they planned to pick up while at Celebration. And there were a few who wanted to purchase some of the pieces for sale by those who were raising money for Celebration. And items I had been hunting for for years suddenly became available. There was very little, if any, competition for these prototypes, and I was able to pick up so many key pieces for my collection that anything I would purchase later at Celebration felt like a bonus. So if you're looking for certain items for your collection, try to see if you can purchase them in advance before you travel out to Anaheim. Take advantage of shopping while others are selling off pieces to raise funds for the trip, and you might have better success before celebration than you would during celebration. It's times like these that Anakin and I would turn to someone like Obi-Wan or Master Yoda. They always had the answer. Well, almost always. Number 10. Do not miss the opportunity to meet your heroes and heroines. In 2013, I was at a convention with a friend, and we had the opportunity to meet and take a photograph with Carrie Fisher. She was in the next room, literally a few feet away from us, and my friend and I went back and forth about whether or not to do the photo op with her. And on one hand, she was my crush. She was the Princess Leia, and a photo with her and my longtime friend would have been a wonderful memory. But as my friend reasonably pointed out, Carrie was pretty common on the convention circuit. There would be other times to meet her. And at the time, that made sense, and the two of us decided to wait to get a photo with her. Except it never happened. I never attended any other conventions at which she appeared. Carrie passed away a few months before I trekked to my first celebration, and instead of meeting the princess I adored as a child and fell in love with as an adult, 
I witnessed Mark Hamill give a rousing and heartbreaking tribute to her. It's a choice I'll always regret, simply because the opportunity was right in front of me. And I'm so happy I met Mark Hamill at Celebration Orlando. Getting to meet Luke Skywalker was something I felt I owed to my childhood self. And truly, how often do we get to meet the heroes and heroines that greatly affect our lives? This year at Celebration Chicago, I was incredibly excited to do a few photo ops with some of the voice actors from The Clone Wars. And while I was waiting in line to meet one of them, I caught sight of Peter Mayhew, known to Star Wars fans as the lovable Chewbacca, signing autographs at a table. I knew his health had been on the decline over the past decade, and he looked much older than he had even a year or two ago. I realized that he meant almost as much to me as someone like a Luke or a Leia. After all, he was THE Chewbacca, part of that original group that traveled through space in the Millennium Falcon and caused my imagination to soar with every second they were on the silver screen. I felt it was too late to try to schedule a photo op or an autograph session with Peter, so I made a mental note that I would meet him at the next celebration, if only to stand in front of him for a few seconds and thank him for sparking my interest and love for Star Wars, for defining loyalty and friendship through fur and nods and growls, and for helping to bring a story to life that I'm proud to champion to this day. But once again, I passed up what was in front of me with a simple phrase that we all use too often next time. And two weeks later, Peter passed away. Many of my friends were able to meet him one last time at Chicago, and although I missed my chance, I count each story shared detailing his kindness and nature as a true blessing. Very simply put, our heroes and heroines of yesteryear, of decades past, and even the present, are aging. We never know how long each of them will be with us, And I've learned the hard way that it's always better to drop everything and follow through on a chance to meet them when the moment presents itself than to put it off and risk never doing so. Often, those moments are ones we will gladly add to the highlight reels of our lives when we look back on them. So don't hesitate, and before you get to Anaheim, sign up to meet anyone who means something to you. I promise you won't regret it. So those are the 10 lessons from Celebration Chicago that will help me to prepare for Celebration Anaheim in the coming year. To recap, number one, figure out everything you plan on doing while you're at Celebration and eliminate most of it. Number two, stay at the main hotel. Number three, if possible, bring an extra suitcase. Number four, rest when you can, especially in the weeks leading up to the event. Number five, volunteer at your local club table. Number six, figure out your panel schedule in advance. Number seven, plan the nighttime activities accordingly. Number eight, before room sales, decide what's more important, buying or selling, and maybe shop first either way. Number nine, your best purchase may happen before celebration. And number 10, Do not miss the opportunity to meet your heroes and heroines. When it comes down to it, these are lessons I've learned along the way, but they really are just tips to help enhance your overall experience. 
Remember, Celebration offers so much, and while the panels, room sales, cosplay, surprises, premieres, and releases are exciting, it's the time we spend with the friends we know and love, and with the new ones we meet there that really make Celebration memorable and meaningful. If you retain that idea and make that the centerpiece of your trip to Anaheim in 2020, it will have a profound effect on your experience, as well as on those around you. And if I can leave you with one more thought, start saving up now. These celebration trips are expensive. If you put $40 away each week for the next 52 weeks, you'll have $2,000 by the time you're ready to head out to California. Sounds pretty good, right? Oh, and start getting your rest now. You're going to need it. See you in Anaheim. Let's make this one the best one yet. Thank you.